Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to Everything and Nothing. I'm Travis, and I wanted to touch on something really quickly today. Well, not quickly, but uh, I don't think it's going to be as long as the past couple episodes have been, just in case, because you know how I can ramble and uh, go off on a tangent, so I'm letting you all know just in case I do that, you know, that I never attended to, but I like how when, you know, in the early 90s or mid 90s to early 2000s, remember how it was a big influx of TV shows that were depicting girls and women as being strong and badass, you know, you had like Charmed, and then you had Buffy, and then you had Xena, and even shows that didn't last that long, or shows that uh, had women who were strong who weren't probably the strongest physically, like Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, and then you had, uh, you know, shows like, uh, I want to say Sheena or Sheba, like shows like that, you know. Or just female characters in general who were depicted as being strong and not damsels in distress. And three of those TV shows, well, three of those characters, because they all weren't TV characters, but three of these characters who I particularly like and who were, who I was big fans of and who were really strong, and not only am I fans of these shows, I'm also fans of the, you know, the actresses themselves, and they all share the same name, coincidentally enough, and it's Sydney. You had Sydney Fox, Sydney Prescott, and Sydney Bristow, and so I wanted to talk about those three characters, and the women who portrayed them, and what each of those characters, I guess, meant for me, being like the television film nerd I was, or still am, and what they showed me, and I think how and why they were important at that time when they were out, and why I think those three women, I think, have helped along with other characters I mentioned earlier, helped shape the way that women are portrayed on TV and film today. Now, I want to start with Sydney Fox, because The Relic Hunter, if you don't know this show, it was sort of like a live version of Tomb Raider. I, I mean, I don't want to say it copied off of Tomb Raider, but I think it was inspired by Tomb Raider. And Sydney Fox, played by... Tia Carrere, the actress Tia Carrere, and who I, like, since I was a little tight, I was always a fan of hers. She was, like, crazy, crazy good and True Lies, and you might know her from being in the Wayne's World movies. I know her from being, besides being in True Lies and Wayne's World, I like that movie Jury Duty she did with uh, Polly Shore, so I know her from that movie, uh, but yeah. She was Sydney Fox, 
And Sydney Fox is like, I don't want to say the character, the show, The Relic Hunter, is like one of those shows that sort of came in and flew under the radar a little bit, and it had a solid fan base, and it ran for three seasons. They didn't renew it uh, past the three-season contract, and so it only lasted 66 episodes, right? But it came on the WB every Saturday, every Saturday afternoon on the WB, and I was glued and couldn't wait to watch it. Uh, because I like to see adventure shows, especially with women portraying characters who often are portrayed by men, you know? So I always felt like it was more like a female version of Indiana Jones as opposed to like the Tomb Raider or Laura Croft. Um, because Sydney, she didn't always use guns that she didn't have to. Uh, I mean, she, she definitely had them. But I feel like she was almost like a MacGyverish and sort of coming up with ways to defeat her enemies without always having to like use a weapon. Like she would always make shift stuff, I felt like. It was like a mix of that. Guns or sometimes makeup, you know, she was very smart in coming up with ways how to out trick her foes and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. This show I felt like didn't get enough credit. But what show on the WB does Besides Angel and Buffy, I feel like this show came and sort of went, but I loved it, and, you know, it airs and reruns still, but I think this character was important because you never seen the character like it on television at all that I can think of, and I racked my brain trying to figure out was there a show like this, or was there ever a character on TV like this, and maybe there was a character similar maybe back in the 70s or 80s. I mean, you had Wonder Woman, right? But there was no adventurous character who was also a female, also vulnerable, showed that she could be sexy, but she was tough, like, she, and, but also went on adventures and tried to find relics to restore to the museums or to the owners who, you know, they belong to. I don't think there was a female character like that in that job description on TV. So, for that, I wanted to give praises to everybody who did that show and Tia for bringing that character to life. And then I think her, uh, she worked with the guy, I think his name was Nigel, and then she had her secretary who was Claudia, who was very funny and bubbly. And so, yeah, those characters too. And then you had uh, every episode or every other episode, Sydney had like a love interest, which I thought was pretty funny. But yeah, this show is on DVD. But yeah, I just love that it was a strong character, female character, doing this kind of stuff that you usually see guys do or that you would expect a man to do. And I love that. And she was very resilient, like I said. And um, at times elusive, like you couldn't catch her. She was almost like Carmen San Diego. Almost. But she was very smart. You know, she wasn't just a kick-ass character who could beat you up. She actually knew what she was talking about. And I thought it was important for girls to see that at the time. Like, I don't know how many you know, girls watched it, but I think a lot of fanboys probably watched it because they probably thought, like I said before, it was inspired by Laura Croft. 
but I like to say, maybe inspired a little bit by Laura Croft, but I feel like it was more female Indiana Jones, like I said. So, that's Sydney Fox from The Relic Hunter, and it, it airs and reruns on this channel called uh, Heroes and something else. I forgot what it was called. But yeah, I like that show, and I was very proud to have been a fan of it, even though I thought at the time I was the only fan um, because no one I knew watched it. I think it has more of a call following now, though. And you can probably find some episodes on YouTube if you want to watch it. But yeah, The Relic Hunter was a really good show. And I liked that character a lot because I was a fan of Tia. And I'm still a fan of hers. And she's still working and doing her thing. So good for her. I wish she would do a movie. I mean, reboot this show. They rebooting everything else. So why not reboot The Relic Hunter? And then it can be on the new uh, whatever whatever channel WB is now because uh, it's I mean well I know it's CW but locally it was channel 20 was WB and then channel 50 was UPN at least in our where we're from so now channel 20 because now that channel 50 is CW channel 20 is my network TV but they don't really air anything specifically made for that channel. So I'm thinking if they brought the Relic Hunter back, it can be the tempo show to bring that network back. Because all that network plays now is just reruns of like other shows. So yeah, that's just an idea. But I would like to see Cindy Fox again. I thought she was a badass character. And that's that on her. This Sydney comes courtesy of J.J. Abrams, thanks to the brilliant show. Well, is it too far saying it's brilliant? Well, I thought it was brilliant. The brilliant show Alias, Sydney Bristow, played by the lovable Jennifer Garner. And when I first heard about this show, of course I was here for it. Because I'm like, at this time, this was like... uh. 2000 or 2002 when the alias came out so at this time shows like this weren't out anymore that were action oriented and female led I think the show actually came out 2001 actually fall 2001 and at this time shows like uh, well Buffy was almost over Xena was over, or about to be over. Uh, the other Sydney, Sydney Fox, that show was almost over. So, like, there was no more, other than Charmed, that was still going. There was no other female-led show that was action-oriented. And then you throw in the aspect of the whole CSI, double agent, espionage, thriller aspect, and I was sold. And so, and you know, Jennifer Garner, I just always knew her as the actress who was in Felicity and how sweet she was in Felicity. And so when I saw her as this character on Alias, 
I thought it was perfect because I'm like, she has just the right amount of sweetness. The kind of look that when you see her, she appears very attain um, I won't say attainable, approachable, right? But then she can flip that switch on a matter of seconds, and she's like ready to beat you up and basically shoot you. And she was, and I can't imagine what Jennifer had to go through to play this character. Because it was so physical. Like, so physical. And the only reason that this whole thing reminded me of the Sydneys, and because Jennifer is now coming out with a movie called Peppermint, where she sort of had to get into shape and sort of kick ass again. And so it reminded me of this, which is why I'm doing this, actually. Because... I was like, oh, yeah, you forget. Because for the last almost decade, Jennifer has been in a lot of films that have been family-oriented or for children, or she's played a character that's a mom or a girlfriend, and she hasn't really been able to, you know... She's been able to show her range as an actress, but she hasn't been able to really physically do anything, you know? And I guess she, you know, was focused on trying to make stuff that her kids can actually watch, because I don't know if they've actually seen Alias or not. I mean, it's nothing too bad on the show that her kids couldn't watch, but she probably was thinking, okay, let's make something more, you know, something I can actually take my kids to when it comes to going to premieres for the movie. Like, you know, I can't take them, you know. So I guess they're a little older, and now she's back doing an action film, and it's the same thing. She has the same quality where she where you believe that she could be sweet one moment and then the next moment totally come around and, you know, kick your butt, right? She has that kind of quality in her. And so you're 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 sold on her character as Cindy Bristow as someone who was just thrust into this, you know, organization and being told to do things, thinking she's on the right side and you know being trained to be an agent and then it turns out you know that she's sort of working as a double agent but doesn't really know it or not double agent that she's sort of on the wrong side and doesn't know it and then becomes a double agent for those who don't know what alias is about yeah oh well it's about way more than that but she starts out thinking she's on the right side and then ends up being on the wrong side and so then she ends up working for the real CIA to bring down the agency or the organization that she thought was the CIA and that's SD6 which she was told was sort of a faction of the CIA but it's actually like an espionage organization a worldwide espionage and criminal organization and then that's where Michael Vartan character comes in because he's her handler when she's in the real FBI, once she finds out that she's working on the wrong side, and then she works as a double agent to try to bring down SD6, and then, you know, has to hide everything from everybody in her life. But yeah, that's the gist of what Alias is about. And this character, like I said before, was very believable. You, like, you were, you were sold on believing that this could happen to her. Because she was so sweet, but then she was like, but then she was tough at the same time. So yeah, it was really good, and 
I want to say the fight scene at the end of season two with her and Allison, who, you know, if you know, you then you know. But I don't want to spoil it. But that was one of the best fight scenes I've ever seen on television, ever. Ever, ever, ever. And it had no musical score. It was very quiet. All you heard was the two of them going at it, and it was so good. I had never seen anything like that on television before, ever. Ever, ever, ever. And, you know, that's it. I mean, it was the well-received show. People loved it, and I loved it. And I think it gets sort of uh, forgotten about a little bit, though. I don't know why, but people sort of forget about it, I feel like. But yeah, Sydney Bristow was one of those characters who was sweet but deadly. And also very smart. She was a polyglot also because she knew so many languages. A polyglot is someone who uh, is very well skilled and very, very well versed in knowing different languages whether it means understanding them, reading them, writing them, or speaking them. And she knew a lot of languages. I mean, every episode... Oh, that's another thing. Every episode, you always wanted to know what little disguise she was going to be under, or what... And she was very good at that. Like, you believed her. You believed that she was resident. You believed that she was Italian. You believed that she was... You know, all these accents she would have to put on, all these uh, disguises and costumes... Like, that was part of the show, too, because it was like... That's why the name of the show was Alias, because she used all these different aliases. So, that was good, too. So, shout-out to you, Jennifer Garner, and shout-out to Cindy Bristow, which is also being talked about being rebooted, or being rebooted. I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen, but yeah. Uh, Alias was on Netflix, but now it's not anymore. I'm sure it's on Hulu, but I'll just go to YouTube if I want to watch it. So, yeah. Shout out to you, Cindy Bristow. Another kick-ass, badass character that I'm sure meant a lot to a lot of girls watching this show back then. Because, like I said, there wasn't many shows like this at the time because the other shows that started in the 90s sort of were winding down by the time the 2000s came around. And so, Alias was, like, alone that and Charm were like the only two shows that really had strong female leads that I can think of. Or not strong female leads in general, but strong female leads that were, shall I say, action-oriented or adventure-oriented. There were strong female leads in drama, but not in this kind of genre that Alias was. So, I think Sydney was alone in that boat. But, yeah. So, I think for that reason, Alias is a classic. Now, you can't talk about Sydney's or badass, kick-ass Sydney's without mentioning the Sydney that started it all for me. And that's Sydney Prescott. Now, Scream is one of my favorite, if not my favorite horror franchise ever. And I don't say that lightly. Like, I'm sort of obsessed with these movies. 
And so for the past, I don't know, since whenever the first Scream came out, which is like 96, I've been trying to scoop up information about every movie, every behind the scenes information, bits that I can find. Like, I've been so enamored with this franchise since it came out, from down to the director, to the writers, to, well, the writer, everything. Everything, everything, everything. I've been a fan of everybody, the cast, all the cast. Like, I'm obs- <laughs> I'm sort of obsessed a little bit. So, yes, the first Sydney that I ever seen on screen was this Sydney. And that this movie, the first one, is named after a line in the movie. Well, this podcast is named after a line in the movie. Uh... Yeah, so where do I start with Sydney? Well, if you don't know this movie, well, Sydney Prescott was a teenager who uh, went through the loss of her mom, right? And then a year after those events happened, she goes through a whole bunch of more traumatic events with her friends and people who are close to her and she how do I describe this because <laughs> I don't know anybody who hasn't seen the movie but yeah Cindy is chased after someone trying to kill her for whatever reason they kill her friends uh, she throughout the movies becomes resourceful and strong and becomes a survivor and doesn't let anybody take her down without a fight or try to take her down without a fight. And that's basically... When I first saw Scream, it was actually scary. Uh, And I really didn't hear about it too many times in the theater. Like, I saw a couple of TV inserts you know, like quick little preview flashes. I saw that, and then I was like, oh, okay, that looks nice. It looks like a, you know, or horror movie, scary, whatever. But when I actually saw it for the first time, uh, it actually was scary. And then everybody thought Drew Barrymore would live because she was the bigger actress at the time and was at the beginning. And can I just say that's one of the best scenes of a horror movie? That opening in screen with Drew Barrymore is one of the best scenes ever. Now, I can watch that and be done with the movie, actually. I can watch that by itself, and I'm satisfied because it was so it was that good. But, yeah, so that's a classic opening to this movie. That's also a classic now, and when it came out, it didn't really pick up steam that much, and word of mouth took over. And then week after week, it became bigger and bigger and bigger until it became one of the biggest movies that year. And so, that's what happened with the first one. Now, my favorite one is the second one. Yes, I can watch the first one a lot, but my favorite screen was the second one. Only because I feel like it's written better. Well, I won't say written better, but it's the story... It just makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. I mean, I want to 
if you haven't seen it, I'm just going to say it. I mean, who hasn't seen it? So I can say it. But yeah, it makes sense that his Billy's mother would be the one to try to come after Sydney. It just makes sense. Or someone in his family would be able to come after her and try to get revenge. It makes so much sense because, like she said, my reason for doing this is just good old-fashioned revenge, right? And so why not write the script and have it be his mother? Like, it, it would make sense for that to be the case in the second one. And then I like the setting it took place in and the new characters. And it's a pretty long movie, actually, if you think about it. I always looked at the running time on these movies, and I figured, I realized they were sort of long at the time for a movie like this. But yeah, I always say Scream is really scary because it's something that can actually happen. And that really scares me. Well, it's scary. Uh, I try not to think about it so much to where it can scare me personally. But it's scary to think about that because, you know, it's no supernatural element at all. Just people being crazy. But yes, Sydney's one of those characters who, for the 90s, reinvigorated the whole Scream King, Scream Queen image. And Nev and Sydney, they both became synonymous with being the Scream Queen in the 90s. Now, I don't think... Uh, I mean, I think Nev has a better relationship with the character now because I don't think she wanted to be typecast as this, which is why I think she sort of apprehensively, well, not apprehensively, but she sort of thought about it a while before she came back before because she didn't want to be typecast. But I think it had a lot more to do with just uh, her position and what she was going through in Hollywood in general that made her step away. But I'm glad she came back with the movie. But yeah, she is the Scream Queen of the 90s. She is. She is. She invigorated that term and that whole thing again. Because it was so many Scream inspired so many movies afterwards that some of them were good and some of them, you know, probably weren't that good. Like, I enjoyed Julie James and I Know What You Did. So I love those movies too. Uh, but like, they wouldn't be here without Scream, you know? And then Kevin wrote, I Know You Did, too, so... And then you have uh, Urban Legend, those movies, which people crap on those movies, but those are really... I actually enjoy Urban Legend 1 and 2. Urban Legend and Final Cut. I like those movies. But anyway, that's just me. I, I like the genre, period. But yes... Sydney was a kick-ass character because she had been through a lot in her life at an early age and was still going through a lot and had all these people coming after her who were hiding in the shadows and making everything that happened to them or didn't happen for them, making it all her fault. And she had to fight off all these people and all these secrets coming out about her mom and she felt like she really didn't know her mother and then her father was sort of I think they made him... I mean, he was there, but, like, not really. Well, at least in the movies. I mean, he couldn't be, the, he couldn't be you know, at college with her. And then he was supposed to be on a trip in the first one, but he was, like, never made it. So, <laughs> he was just being held captive the whole time. And then the third one, he's there to visit her, you know. 
And in the fourth one, she's an adult. Well, she was an adult in the hell, second one, basically. But she's really an adult in the fourth one, so there's no need for him to be around in that one. So, I always felt like she didn't have to go through this alone, but I think there was some times she probably felt like she was going through all this alone. I mean, she had Dewey, and then she had eventually Gail, once they learned to get along, and, you know, having their support, I'm sure, helped her get through all this. What makes her strong more than being able to physically kick ass, what makes her strong is the fact that she was very resilient and very, I would say, strong-minded and not letting this take her life over, not letting this ruin her life, not letting it, you know, change how she looked at life. She still went after what she wanted and still, you know, I guess pursued her life, basically. Like, her life could have been over. Like, this could have been somebody else. And it probably wouldn't have ended the same way for them. It probably would have drove them crazy or probably would have put them in a mental institution or somewhere. I mean, I'm sure Sydney had therapy. But, um, so I'm sure that helped too. But what made her strong is that her willfulness to go through hell and then come on the other side and then be okay. And that was sort of the whole message behind her book in the fourth one was that she was a survivor and she came through it. And so for that, I say Sydney is the original badass whore scream queen of the 90s. And there it is. Three badass Sydneys who I love and who I'm big fans of. The actresses and the characters and the movie and the shows. And it's just a coincidence that they all have the same name. So yeah, those are my thoughts and my love that I want to share for all the Sydneys. And whoever else is in the world who is a Sydney, shout out to you too. Shout out to all the Sydneys. And in terms of whether there'll be a Scream 5 or not, since I'm on Sydney, let's talk about Scream for a minute. If there is a Scream 5, I heard people wanted Kirby to be the lead, you know, uh, Hayden Panettiere. I heard they wanted her to be in it. And that would be, that would have been cool. But, I want to say this. If there ever is a Scream 5, do not bring Sydney back. Do not. Now, I don't know who would direct it, because sadly, Wes is no longer here. But if they were to bring it back and Kevin were to write it and they found a good director who, you know, is great at what he does, please don't write her back in. Because I always felt like the more Sydney comes back, eventually they're going to try to kill her off. And I can't have that. I would rather her help from afar and not be seen if there ever was a fifth film then to come back and then finally meet her demise. I don't want that. Do not want that. As much as I want to see her in another one, I don't want her to come back because they're going to be like, okay, Sydney, 
How many times can you go through this? How many times can some mass killer follow you and try to kill you and then uh, not succeed? Like, eventually, you're going to be dead, okay? And I don't want that to happen to her. So, I mean, she has enough scars from all the nice sticks and cuts and punches and all that shit. She has enough of that, okay? She doesn't need to come close to death again. So, if they ever do a fifth one, just please, please don't bring her back. Let her help off screen. Let Kirby or some other girl be the main, main, you know, girl. I have so many ideas for a fifth one, but I just don't want to sit near any of it. I don't, I, I just want to put that out there. So, there you go. The badass Sydney crew. And I always had a thing for you, Sid. All of you. All the Sids. So thanks for listening to why I love all the Sydneys and how important they were in film and television. Well, I think they were. Not the only, like I said before, but they were important in television and film. And they all just happened to share the same name, which I thought was a cool thing or cool coincidence. So I'm Travis. Thank you all for listening to me ramble about my love for the Sydneys. Talk to you all later.